Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is SECQB on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you. Thanks for coming out today. This is tremendous. Do you know how easy this is for me? Welcome back, everybody, to SECQB on the Believe Podcast Network. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We hope that you're enjoying the holiday and and enjoying time spent with family, regardless of where you're at, how big or small the setting is. We hope you guys are all doing well and staying safe. And had a, a full recap for last week, back to a full slate of games. And we'll talk college football playoff as well and the, the initial rankings that come out. There's a couple surprises in there. And then we'll also you know, look ahead. we got another full slate of, of picks coming up for this upcoming week. But uh, before we get into any of that, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action with Bet Online. And there's some huge spreads this week, a few you know, three-score spreads. So I think there's some money to be made on Bet Online this week. But from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well, which never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. But Josh, man, I hope all is well in your world. I think the, the first round of the college football rankings, for the most part, went how everybody thought it would. I'll go through these real quick. At 22, you got Auburn. Uh, the surprise to me that we'll, we'll get into, Georgia at 9. I did not think they would be that high. Florida at six, AM at five, and then obviously Alabama at one, which their performance over Kentucky. I think Alabama looks like the most well rounded, dominant team in the country. Was there anything that jumped out to you with these with these rankings? Uh, not really. It kind of came out exactly like I thought it would. Of course, AM beating Florida earlier in the year comes in at five, Florida at six. When we talk SEC ball, of course, Alabama, number one team in the country. There's no doubt about what they've done on the field so far. Ohio State at four, but they've only played four games. I think if they were 7-0 and like some of these other groups, uh, they would be up there a little higher. I just think because Notre Dame had the big win against Clemson, uh, which I think will get reversed later in the year. Though Clemson will revenge that loss. I have a good feeling they will unless, you know, anything can happen with this COVID stuff. And Lawrence was out for that big game. So it's going to be fun to watch that Clemson-Notre Dame uh, matchup uh, at the end of the se- regular season and the championship there in the ACC. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. All eyes are going to be on that game. And that's going to determine a lot whether, you know, an A&M gets in with one loss. If they, of course, they don't play in the SEC championship game. And then if Florida's, how do they do against Bama? Do they beat Bama? Bama might can still get in with one loss. But if Florida gets routed or beat pretty good, then A&M might have a chance. And then you got – you know, Notre Dame and Clemson with one loss. So it's, it's going to be fun down the stretch. I even think Cincinnati, they have a great team. They need Ohio State to lose. They need an A&M loss. They need Bama to lose to Florida in the SEC championship or something wild to happen for them to get in. But they're sitting right on the outside looking in. they got a great squad. Yeah, Cincinnati's interesting because I think there's, there's still a chance that they try to schedule somebody. They had their game against Temple this week canceled. 
And I think that that's a team just like BYU. I think you've got to try and add somebody if possible just to get some sort. I would love to see BYU and Cincinnati play. Uh, but back to the, the focus on the SEC, I thought Georgia, I thought their performance last week against uh, Mississippi State, I was surprised to see them at nine. But all things considered, I mean, you know, look, they're ahead of Miami and Oklahoma. Okay, I, don't, I think Miami probably was too high at 10. Florida and, and A&M are interesting because – especially A&M, A&M's in a position now where if they win out, they're going to be in the top four because I agree with you, the winner of Notre Dame and Clemson, if Notre Dame gets, let's say Notre Dame gets throttled by Clemson and Mm -hmm. it's a a healthy Trevor Lawrence, he's in post-COVID, a one-loss A&M that plays Alabama, you know, their only loss being the number one team in the country, I think they get in, in over that Notre Dame team and then Obviously, if Notre Dame were to beat Clemson, Clemson's sitting there with two losses. A&M will be in over them. So A&M's got an – it's interesting that the playoff committee put them at five because I think they now have a pretty clear path to getting in if they can just win and get a little bit of help, not even that much help. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, this week's a big game. Of course, they got the defending national champion, LSU Tigers, coming into town. Everybody knows LSU's not the LSU of last year, but – if Texas A&M wins convincingly, it's style points. You know, they're favored by 14 and a half. If they can route LSU and they can play the rest of the regular season out and look fantastic, they, they're they they're playing with great balance. They've got great leadership at the quarterback position because Kellen Mond, we talked before the season, the team was going to go as Kellen Mond goes. And Jimbo Fisher has done a great job, I think, managing him and getting him in the right situations with that nice run game and that run game balance that we talk about. I talk about it every week because because it's happening. Spiller's done a great job, but that offensive line's great. Their defense is, is uh, I think, in the SEC top two or three total defenses in the league. And so they've got a, a really good team this year and, and so they they're they're going to be sitting right there on the outside looking in but if you're right if Notre Dame gets routed then A&M's next one up really to be honest with you if if, if Bama routes you know beats Florida and takes care of their business in the SEC championship which they'll be favored by a touchdown or two at least I mean I would think they'd be 14 point favorites in that game so A&M's got a real good shot it'll be interesting to track this obviously as the next few weeks go by and and we get into the closer to the end of the regular season into the, into the championships but having you know four teams in the top 10 still speaks to the SEC being the the uh, the dominant conference in college football but going but speaking of, of dominance we'll jump into the games from last weekend Alabama 63 Kentucky 3 <laughs> I don't <laughs> think was- I think we, I believe we both picked Alabama in that game. I don't think either one of us had any idea it would be this big of a blowout. What, what stood out to you in this one? I mean, 60 point wins, crazy Kentucky and Stoops. They, they, they're banged up. They've heard the COVID has hit them a little bit, but when you, when you don't have to play Mac Jones, your starting quarterback, when you don't have to play Najee Harris past two and a half quarters, I mean, they don't even play into the late into the third quarter. I mean, that's total dominance. And I, I like what I'm seeing from Sarkeesian and this this team, this Bama offense. I mean, they're averaging a ton of yards, a ton of points. I mean, I think they're averaging 500 – I don't know what it is, 550 yards of total offense a game, and, and, and their guys aren't even playing the entire game. So it just goes to show you how deep uh, they are. Other teams, when – when they lose, uh, you know, a player here and there, you know, they lost Jalen Waddle early in the year, who's a first rounder on a kickoff return injury. And then they, they don't, it's like they don't miss a beat. And those, the, the really, really good teams, 
can get over those types of obstacles during the year. And Bama does it all the time. I mean, that's what we've seen the Patriots do in the past in the, in the National Football League. Bama can do it at the, at the collegiate level. And that's, you know, an Ohio State team, a Clemson team, Bama team. Those are really the only three that really come to mind that can overcome uh, injuries, even, you know, losing a first rounder earlier in the, in the year and be able to kind of to get over that. And, and so it's impressive. Uh, of course, Devontae Smith's been unbelievable. He's a future first rounder. There's no doubt about it. Broke the SEC record for touchdown receiving uh, touchdowns and uh, receiving in a career. Broke Amari uh, Cooper's record. So that's pretty cool, too. And you got to see some young guys play last week. Bryce Young and Jace McClellan, uh, the running back, the freshman, 99 yards on the ground. So, man, the future's always going to be bright at Bama with saving there and, and Sarkeesian calling plays and uh, how well they recruit. Yeah, you you touched on it with with Devonte Smith breaking the touchdown receiving record, but quietly Najee Harris is is uh, three touchdowns away from getting in the top ten all time and touchdown scored in the SEC, which I did not know that, and that one surprised me. I figured Devonte Smith was, I mean, his stats I, I feel like were a little more top of mind, but obviously that's that'll be a huge accomplishment if Najee were to get there. Uh, jump over to Florida and Vandy. And the first half of this game, it looked like the, Florida was pretty lethargic. I mean, they go into half up 17-10. But it, this they obviously pull away in the second half. Kyle Trask plays efficient. Play, I mean, he still throws for 383 yards, right? So he's still putting out these sort of Herculean efforts and all of these touchdowns. His stats still are these eye-popping numbers that I don't think any of us expected out of him. But the team overall, I expected a little more out of them over a, a winless Vanderbilt. I did. You know, I, I heard the story, and I'm sure you did too, that, that Mullen didn't want the players dressing at the stadium. They dressed back at the hotel, rode the bus over, and just walked out onto the field. So it's probably a little bit of a difference uh, maker for Florida in the first half. You mentioned 17 to seven at half. They were down. They were down. You know, uh, they were up 10 to seven with four minutes left in the in the first half. So they didn't really get off the bus ready to play. You can tell the second half they started to steam up a little bit. And Trask did have an unbelievable day. Yeah, I'm just not sure it's a good sign when you give up 400 yards to Vandy uh, with with this defense for Florida. But they. As we've seen, their their best defense is having a great offense. So we'll see what happens down the stretch if they can continue to just outscore people. Uh, we'll jump over to uh, Georgia with a seven point win over Mississippi State, and this is one. This one goes into half tied, and the big storyline being JT Daniels coming out finally, the unveiling of JT Daniels, which I think people Georgia fans specifically have been calling for for weeks. Where is this guy? What's wrong with him? Is his knee healthy? Comes out and throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns. What did you see out of, out of JT Daniels in this Georgia offense? Well, I, I saw the receivers kind of come to life for Georgia, to be honest. It's like, you know, JT gives them a chance out there. I think he's the first passer to throw for 400 yards since Aaron Murray, who we had on the show a few weeks ago, threw for 400 back in 2013, four touchdowns. It, it just looked like he got the ball to the right guy and they started making plays. They, you know, they had the Jermaine uh, Burton, I think is his name. He had uh, 197 yards receiving. He'd only had 130 yards through the first six games combined. So, I mean, don't you think those receivers this week are licking their chops thinking we could have another big day, a field day again? And, and yeah, Will Rogers completed a bunch of balls. Uh, you know, Mississippi State's freshman quarterback completed 41 balls against Georgia's defense, which is a little strange because Kirby Smart's defenses are, are usually really coached well. And they got so many great athletes over there. It's just that, you know, Mississippi State was able to hang around. JT Daniels just too much. I think Kirby Smart's probably kicking himself a little bit too 
that he plays playing JT Daniels so late into the season when they've already had a couple of losses. And maybe it was the injury, but he, he looked phenomenal in, uh, in his debut. There's no question. Uh, this stat really jumped out to me. JT was 10 of 11 for 144 yards and three touchdowns on third down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, 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 that's it's as close to perfect on third down as you're ever going to find. The opposite of perfect would be the Tennessee Volunteers who <laughs> fall to two and five, Auburn 30, Tennessee 17. This Tennessee team, look at who they have left on the schedule. They're going to go two and seven this year. Yeah, they're really struggling. I mean, it, they're not moving the football. They've what they've lost five games in a row. They've been outscored 108 to 14 in the second halves of those five games. I mean, think about that 108 to 14. So they're making no halftime adjustments. They're getting worn down, whatever it is, physically, mentally. Uh, you know, in the SEC, it's a long haul, man. And they're, they're playing a full schedule <laughs> this year with the 10 SEC games. But still, man, you're Tennessee. You're supposed to be playing a lot better. They were ranked 17th coming into the season. And and everybody thought that Tennessee was going to be, you know, a really good football, this team this year with, with Pruitt, you know, coming back and having a year under his belt. And, you know, Auburn's strong, man, five and two now. They convincing win. Uh, the, the only bright spot for Tennessee was the running back, Eric Gray, with 170 something, 173 yards uh, rushing. But, um, you know, Auburn, really, to be honest with you, this game coming up against Bama, the, the big story is, you know, Bigsby got hurt in that game against Tennessee last week. And is he going to play in this big game against Alabama? Because they're going to really need him. Yeah, there's no doubt. The, switch over to your alma mater, LSU, with a huge win. This was really impressive to me. Goes on the road. Arkansas has got some momentum. They go on the road and get a fourth fourth quarter touchdown. And good for TJ Finley, right? I mean, this guy, you're talking about a, a freshman, go on the road and win over a team that, like we mentioned, Arkansas had had some momentum built up to this point. LSU battles back and, and closes that game out and gets to 500. What did you see out of LSU and out of, out of TJ Finley specifically? Well, he didn't turn the ball over. They protected the football and and they blocked, you know, they blocked the defensive line up and he was able to complete 27 balls. I mean, Felipe Franks had a good night too, but Finley didn't have any turnovers. His QB rating is way up there in the game. I mean, I just liked it. I really thought Arkansas would win this game at home and LSU surprised me. They played with a lot of, uh, you know, togetherness. It looked like for the first time and they, they kind of, uh, they bowed their back on defense a little bit and didn't, they, 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 they bend, but they didn't break. And, and I like the way that they, they played the, the football game. It was big for Orgeron to really to, to get that win. It sounds crazy because last year we didn't lose a, a game. You know, this year we've been struggling. I say we LSU. And he needed to go up there and win that game at Arkansas. He, he, if he'd have gone up there and lost that game, that would have been a real bad look on this year. You know, another real bad look on the year uh, for the football team. And they just can't have that. They've got to build on some of these younger players now. And now they've got some – uh, experience under their belt and Finley's one that, that's now played a few games as a starting quarterback and they were a lot better on third down than they've been in the past Arkansas was 0 and 0 for 10 on third down you talk about how important it is Arkansas was 0 for 10 and that was probably the difference in the ball game and it was really timely for LSU to, to get that win over Arkansas because now they have they got a chance to play spoiler a couple times down the stretch they obviously play A&M this weekend they they host Ole Miss they should win that one and then you get Florida on the road. So they got to go on the road at number five AM and at number six Florida to close out two of their last three games. So they'll have a chance to get sort of a, a, a statement win to close out the season, which I think would be huge for them. 
as they move into the offseason. But last game from from this past weekend, and there was it, this was not great football. Uh, Missouri 17 on the road at South Carolina. And I took South Carolina in this game, which I went back and looked at, and I, I can't believe I took this. <laughs> I, I got to go back and listen to it. I don't know why I took South Carolina. But anyway, Missouri 17, South Carolina 10. Is there anything noteworthy in this game? Not really. I mean, South Carolina, four straight loss for them. And, you know, Missouri was up 17 to nothing at halftime, and then they kind of got lethargic in the second half. Both both quarterbacks are freshmen playing in this game. The quarterback, Luke Doty, came in for Colin Hill for South Carolina, kind of gave him a little bit of something, uh, you know, so maybe a little bit of a bright spot. But um, Missouri just had a little bit too much for them, and then they started quick enough to where South Carolina – they don't have enough offense to come back right now. They have no deep threats. They've got no firepower. I, I think that last week you, you mentioned that it, they might rise to the occasion because it's a new coach, new kind of new lease on life, and they played a close game. It was just – very tough when you go down 17 to nothing and, and try to come back with a, you know, with a, with a quarterback situation like they have and no playmakers on the outside, they could run the football, but if that's not working or if they're in third and long, they're, they're screwed right now because they just can't throw the football. Well, well, that was not my finest pick. I still don't know what I was thinking there, but speaking of picks, as we move into this, this upcoming week, we've got a pretty full schedule of games. I think the first one, and the thing that jumped out to me really across the board, the lowest spread, the smallest spread for the, for the full weekend is is ten. We've got multiple three score spreads on this on the docket. So we'll lead off with Kentucky going on the road at Florida. Florida's favored by twenty two and a half. Ooh, I mean, Florida's got so much offense that I, you know, Kentucky it, it doesn't do anything on uh, you know through the air, and that's what really gives. I think that they're so one-dimensional unless they're really running the football well, and they're not going to do that against Florida. Florida's got a great front seven. Florida, they, they, they're they they're trying to manage how to play on the back end of that defense right now. Their secondary is not playing well. They give a lot of pass yards up, but uh, their pass defense isn't good, but their run defense is good. They can get after the passer. I think Florida has a heyday here. I think they go back home friendly environment for them. Uh, they dress in their own locker room, stuff like that, and they come out and absolutely torch Kentucky in the first half because they had such a bad half against Vandy last week. I think Mullen will be concentrating on that. They come out early. I take them first half, too, in a bet, and I like Florida in the game. I think they go, you know, 42-10, 42-14 you know, or something like that. Florida can score in bunches. Yeah, I think this is – more to do with what you said at the beginning about I, I don't think Kentucky will score nearly enough to keep this close. And Florida, it doesn't matter who it is, Florida's going to score points. So I'll go with Florida as well. Another two score, well, they're all two score. Vandy on the road at Missouri. Missouri's favored by 14 and a half. Oh, man. Vandy 0 and 7. Missouri's 3 and 3. Vandy won last year 21 to 14, which is crazy. You'd think Missouri was a better football team even last year. I think Missouri. Uh, you know, they come back from that loss last year. They're going to they're gonna handle their business a little bit. Missouri's not a bad football team. They're a middle-of-the-road football team, even on kind of from a national perspective. I mean, they're not great, but they're not terrible. I think Vandy's really bad right now. Their lone bright spot is that quarterback. He's setting a lot of freshman records there. Uh, he's doing better than any freshman's ever played in Vanderbilt history in terms of passing yards. So he's fun to watch, but I think Missouri just will have too much. Yeah, I'm with you. And and Seals, quarterback for for Vandy, I am excited that they have a guy like that that they can build around. And, you know, gosh, if he consider this a, a redshirt year that he's getting to play in, you might have him for four years because everybody's get this really has this bonus year. But 
all that to say, I am I'm agreeing with you. I'm going with Missouri, and I can't believe the first two on this list. I'm I'm going with these massive spreads, but I'm taking Missouri as well. Uh, okay, the Iron Bowl, Auburn at Alabama. Alabama's favored by 24 and a half. Ooh, that's a ton of points, but they score in bunches as well. I mean, when you look at probably the best offense in the country by far, I mean, I I think there's some great offenses out there. Bama's offense is is unbelievable. What's fun? What, what's crazy is if you go back and look at the last ten games where they play, you know, the last ten matchups between these two teams. Bama's won six. Auburn's won four. There's nobody that beats Bama forty percent of the time. It's unbelievable what Auburn's been able to do. To be honest with you, with all those athletes, Bama's got more players in the NFL. They win the SEC seventy five percent of the time since Saban's been there. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then with Bigsby hurt this year a little bit and he's questionable, I just don't know if they're going to have enough run game to keep you know that that Bama defense a little you know honest. I think I think when Bama doesn't have to be honest on defense and they can you know, cover the pass or Saban, you know, Saban in that defense he's coached up so well over the, uh, over the last 10 years can just focus on one thing. And I think that makes them one dimensional unless big Bigsby plays and he's really good in the game. I think Bama absolutely runs away with this game and they lost that game last year that, that really hurt them. And, and they were, they're really upset about it. I promise you they thought about it all off season Bama big in this game because of last year's outcome. I'm going to go Auburn and not because of the, that everything you just said is much more logical than my reasoning. I'm going to go Auburn for similar reason to, you know, think like a, a Texas OU type rivalry where you, that you get these type of teams together, you get Auburn and Alabama together and you get outcomes and things happen that just were not supposed to happen on paper. And I still think Alabama wins this game by a couple scores, but 24 and a, that's so many points for a rivalry game. So I'm going to go Auburn. Uh, next one, another rivalry game, Mississippi State on the road at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is favored by 10. Yeah, I, uh, I'd i like to tease this one down, to be honest with you. I like okay. Ole Miss in the game. I, I think that they're going to win by a touchdown or more, but I don't know if they're going to cover a double-digit spread. I, I, you know, Ole Miss is rolling on offense, but their defense just gives up a ton. And Mississippi State, they, they completed a lot of balls last week. I mentioned it earlier. I think they can they can move the football because Ole Miss's defense just gives up a ton. You know what I'm saying? It, it's fun to watch Ole Miss's offense. Mississippi State needs to really get on track offensively and score points. They move the football at times, but they don't score points. They need to score points against Ole Miss because Ole Miss's defense is very vulnerable, especially to the pass. So this game could be one of those 51 to 35 type of games or 51-41. That's kind of where, 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 where I'm, my head's at is Ole Miss wins by a touchdown, maybe a little more, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not feel real comfortable with it. I, I take Mississippi State plus the 10. I'm going to go – I'm going Ole Miss because I think they will score enough. Mississippi State will – get KJ Costello will give you the ball at some point in the game, and I think you get a couple turnovers out of them, and this ends up being a, a 13 or 14-point win for Ole Miss. So I, I'm taking – I can't believe I'm taking this many <laughs> favorites by this many points, but I'm, I'm taking Ole Miss – LSU on the road. This has got to be. I mean, when's the last time LSU outside of this year? I can't, before this season, we would have never imagined LSU is going to Kyle Field and they're they're 14 and a half point dogs. Yeah, I think LSU's defense is just, you know, they're number 11, I think, in the conference in defense and scoring defense is not very good. You know, we're at the very bottom of the barrel. I think that it, A&M has great coaching, great leadership at that, you know, at that quarterback position, Mond. 
if they if he plays mistake free, I think A and M could roll him. I'm talking about 34-17, 34-14, something like that. I like A and M actually at 14 and a half. I'd probably try to buy it down to 14 so I get that two score difference, uh, you know, on, on the line. But you know, LSU's going to have to play really good. A and M's number one in yards allowed in the conference, fourth in total defense. I mean. A&M's got a really good football team, and this is one of those matchups they need to win to get to that big, big uh, setting down the down the road because they're gonna they might have that opportunity we talked about earlier if they win this ballgame. I can't believe that I am taking your Tigers and your take. This is that's the exact opposite of how I thought this would go. Uh, I'm taking LSU because I don't think A&M is equipped yet to win by two scores in a game like this, right where. On paper, they should do all the things you just said. I think they should win this game by three touchdowns. They're, they are the better team, and they're better by a pretty wide margin just with how things have shaked out for LSU this year. But this is the type of game, just historically for Texas A&M, when things are rolling and they, you see them at number five in the college football playoff, where if they just take care of business, there's a chance they get in. This is the type of game they either lose or they come out and, and look horrible. So I'm, I'm going LSU. <laughs> I think, you know, Jimbo Fisher, because he spent time at LSU, and I, I know you know Jimbo and know the story, but, you know, he wanted to be the head coach when Saban left. And LSU, uh, they went with less miles. And so Jimbo got really upset. And and uh, he didn't really have Saban's blessing either going out the door, which, say, which it really bothered Jimbo. So I know this game's super important to him. He knows he can jump on LSU this year. Uh, not like they have in the past. I mean, I think this is the year that LSU is a little vulnerable, and it could be a statement game for for them. So I, I, that's kind of why I'm going that way. I, I like A&M and, and Jimbo because he is going to be ready to rock and try to beat LSU bad. Yeah. Okay, this is the most important thing that we have said on this podcast in all of our episodes. Do not bet on Georgia and South Carolina. This is the worst line ever in the history of college football. This Georgia team is is favored by three touchdowns on the road at South Carolina. I would not touch this. There is no amount of money that I would bet on this game. However, since we have to do picks, Georgia, minus 21 at South, at South Carolina. Who do you like? I'd take Georgia just because of what I saw last week. Pickens is healthy on the outside, the wide receiver, the all-everything all wide receiver, the young kid at Georgia, and now they get JT Daniels throwing the rock. He looked healthy. Uh, they the other wide receivers have got to be ready ready to go licking their chops like I mentioned. I like Georgia. South Carolina can't score anything at Georgia's second in total defense in the conference. Georgia might have one of those big days that surprises everybody. I'm going South Carolina only because that's too many points for Georgia to have on the road right now. I don't think I would take Georgia minus 21 at this point in the season. Well, I think I did do that over Vanderbilt. Now that I think about it, anyway, I don't. I, there's no way I can give them that many points right now. I can't do it. So I'm going South Carolina. I don't feel good about it. I'm taking South Carolina back-to-back weeks. I will probably be burned for it, but whatever. Um, That wraps up picks for this week. Recap, talk some college football playoff rankings. We'll, We'll hit those again next week. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Again, hope you guys have a, a great Thanksgiving. Everybody stay safe and we will, We'll recap this next week. And again, if you guys like the podcast, any feedback for us, let us know on Twitter at Josh Booty 10 and at Team McCarg 16. And if you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review. And as always, if you don't like it, then don't say anything and don't tell your friends that you didn't like it. Uh, but we, we appreciate 
you guys tuning in each week, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.